Welcome to Solo Solutions, short bite-sized episodes of the podcast which will help you create strategies to improve your physique, your mindset, your performance, your health and your business. We all know that action leads to momentum and momentum leads to big goals. These episodes are designed to give you one key tip or one key strategy to help you push through your sticking blocks and get into the best condition, mindset or business possible. Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo Solutions. In this episode, I'm going to look into a little bit of mindset and what the things I've learned from 10 years in the industry that have helped clients push through those mental blockages and really like step out the comfort zone to get where they need to be. So the first thing I want to look at is understanding a little bit about when we endeavor a challenge or a stressor or something that I feel is a roadblock in our way, understand our perception of it is absolutely everything. What may cripple me in terms of stress and paralyzing by fear, you may find completely easy. And what I find completely easy, you may find incredibly challenging. So there's no point looking at judging or no point being hard on yourself when you experience one of these things. It's understanding now a little bit of why that's occurring, why that mental block is there, and what strategies we can put in place to make sure that that doesn't become a bit of an issue. So... I once went on a a seminar called the uh, Waking Up Weekend, and anyone in the UK uh, or in the States where you do these courses, I would really, really really recommend you guys do it. This is what was the the groundwork of what became Tony Robbins, essentially, that he went on some of these courses. And it's a weekend where you learn a little bit about your your own mental um, like sticking points, learn a bit why why they happen, and then start putting in some processes about how to... It's not fix them but how to manage them and how to deal with them now i'm not going to tell you about all the things that happen at the seminar because that would ruin the event for you if you ever go but i will give you a little bit of information about why this might be happening for you and what these circumstances are so understand our body has something what we call our process our process is the way we view the world our perception of the world and that's based off any actions past experiences past stresses that we've experienced in our life up to this point so if we've had a negative feedback every time we've done this we've gotten this or every time we've spoken to our boss we've gotten in trouble every time we chat to a girl we get rejected every time we go on a diet we fail a diet our body's going to be protective in that and it's going to put things in place to make those things um, more challenging in future to protect you from the hurt and the pain that you had previously now as we said, your process is your brain's way of thinking, and that is that is formed by your past experiences and stresses that you've had in your life. The only thing that influences that is your actions. So understanding that this perception isn't necessarily true, this is based off your individual actions and responses to those actions up until this point. And the same way that if you're going to change them, there's gonna be needing some level of action and some level of response from you. Now, if we are paralyzed by fear because of the past actions and the past response we've had before, how do we start beginning to actually take those actions when they're now more challenging than ever? And I would start looking at creating strategies or creating ways to change how you think about these events to just get you taking those first small steps forward that allow you over time to have more positive reinforcement than negative and which will change your process. I will give you an example. When I was young, I was terrible, 
terrible at chatting to the opposite sex. I used to put girls completely on a pedestal, and I was it was like I can't speak to her. She's she's too attractive. She's she's ten out of ten. And either I I didn't, which reinforced that I I I wasn't meeting romantic partners because I wasn't putting myself out there. But that reinforced that I I wasn't good looking enough. I wasn't attractive enough. I wasn't interesting enough. Or I plucked up the courage to take some action with it but I was so amazingly nervous because I didn't feel worthy of of this conversation that I didn't put the best account of myself forward now there was a dating coach called uh, Johnny Cassell in London who I watched one of his videos and he said that a girl can only be a 5 out of 10 on looks alone so if they're absolutely the best looking woman you'll ever met in your life they're 5 out of 10 the other 5 is made up by how interesting they are how cool they are what hobbies they have like who is the person behind the looks? And just hearing that changed my thought process from, I can't speak to her, she's, she's a 10 out of 10, to, okay, cool, she makes the first five, now let's go and see if she makes up the other five. My fear turned into excitement, and now it doesn't mean I've got a 100% success rate, but now I've had much more confidence and ability going up to people, I did this more and more and more, and in turn, over time, I, as it's a numbers game, I got more and more positive reinforcement back to the point where these things didn't bother me. Now, how can that relate to your um, body composition goals or health goals or gym goals? If you've maybe intimidated by the gym, understanding you know, that going to the gym is going to be the thing that overcomes your fear of going to the gym. If you're thinking that the weight room is intimidating, maybe then starting off with machines and then next week maybe delving in and using a little bit of the weight room. Then maybe speaking to somebody in the weight room and realising that people there are there to do their own workout. They're not there to judge or not there to look at you. And over time, you'll become quite comfortable in that environment. Learn the surroundings. You know, introduce yourself to the PTs. Introduce yourself to the people in that gym so it becomes more homely than it does become something that you're fearful of. Same thing with you know, going back on a diet if you had negative past experiences. You know, like what could you put in place to change the way you think about those things? So... Once you've worked on things, you know, to set a process, um, now we just kind of look at, right, how do we allow ourselves to delay gratification? Because anything we do in life, there's always going to be a period of time where we suck at something. There's always going to be a period of time where, you know, it, we're not as good as we want to be. So how do we kind of get through that? And it's understanding what our true motivation is and our true why is. An exercise I think would be really good for a lot of people to do is get a piece of paper and write why they want to get in shape or why they want to achieve X goal. And then under that, say, why is that goal important? And delve about five to ten times of like going deeper, going deeper, going deeper until you found something that truly motivates you, that's truly more important than the donut at the office, that's truly more important than I don't want to do my cardio because it's raining. Because that will allow you to delay gratification at the times where we are struggling. Because we can't rely on motivation. Motivation comes in ways, but we can rely on discipline. And we get discipline by having a driving factor that is really there to push us forward. If it doesn't mean enough to us, it won't happen. When we've got that why, the next step is looking at how we're going to do that. So like, in that, by that I mean like, how long is it going to take? What do I need to achieve each week to do that? What are the, you know, like, how am I going to piece this together? What is my game plan? What is my roadmap? And, and while that's all well and good, and a lot of people get started on that, the next point is really key. And it's what do I need to do? So when we look at how, getting clarity on how we're going to get there is 
really, really important to kind of get us moving. That being said, understanding what to do and focusing on the process is the thing that I've found gets the most successful results from people. When the, the goal is at the end, back of their mind, but they're, they're not thinking about, you know, the end goal. They're thinking about what do I do today to be better than yesterday? And those days add up because you can't control the weight on the scale. You can't control the effects of gravity on you, but you can control the food choices you do, how much activity you do, your recovery, your stress management, your sleep time. Like these are things we can put into place. So the what is really, really important. And when you've got those things, I think it's really important to set yourself a deadline. It's really, really easy to put your goals off a day if there's no deadline. Oh, I can eat the pizza today because oh, I'm going to push back. I can push back a day. It doesn't matter. I often find when clients book something like a photo shoot or if they have a holiday or if they have a wedding, all of a sudden the day becomes more valuable because if I turn up to that photo shoot out of shape, it's still happening. I can't push it back and push it back and push it back and push it back. So creating a deadline, find a deadline that's important to you. No, if you don't force yourself into a shoot if that's not your thing, but maybe a holiday, maybe something that makes today valuable enough to act. If we set ourselves a deadline, we'll find the time rather than struggle to make time. Now, so going into things that where we look at self-sabotaging is Craig Ballantyne always talks about never make important decisions when we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And then look back at this. Look back at those times where you've you've had some food that you didn't that wasn't on your plan. Look back at the times where you've you acted or that's not in accordance with your goals. And look to see if any of these things were part of this issue. And it's all well and good putting in strategies in terms of increasing, increasing food volume and all this sort of thing. But if we're eating because we're lonely, this doesn't address the issue. If we're eating because we're tired, this doesn't address the issue. So maybe looking at rather than trying to find the diet that stops this and stops the cravings, maybe look at the bigger picture stuff. Maybe look at can we make sure we're getting enough sleep. If we don't get enough sleep, that affects our hormones in a way that makes us more inclined to go for palatable foods, this is going to make us more hungry, this is going to affect our recovery. If we're lonely, could we get ourselves a hobby? Could we join a club? Could we go out and meet more people? If we're angry, what is the root cause of that? So unpacking the emotion behind some of the self-sabotaging behaviours will really, really help you kind of put a lid on them. And if you've gone through this and gone through all the things we spoke about up to now, having that big enough why, having that key driver, understanding your perceptions of them, this will minimize this anyway. But then when you come through this, now as you can start to understand and get aware of those triggers, awareness allows you to really sort of work on them and strategize them. And going off that, the next thing I want to discuss is language. Um, you, what you say to yourself matters. The words you use may seem small, but they do, are a reflection to your confidence. And they are a reflection, if you say these things time and time and time again, you'll find that you're always putting yourself down. And it's amazing when we start taking awareness of the language we use and how we describe ourselves, often how harsh on ourselves we actually are. And well, the excuses we make for ourselves that take us further away from our goals and keep us in our comfort zone. So a couple of things I, I will use an example. The big one I always hear is I'll try. Now, 
I hate the word try. It, it suggests to me that you're half in and half out. You're non-committed to your goals. It's the, if I don't act, I can't fail. But remember, if you don't act, you will always fail. If something means something more to you, action builds momentum. Momentum builds results. So the word I'll try is you not committing from the off. Change that to I will. I need to find time. We all have 24 hours in a day. If The Rock can do what he does with 24 hours in a day, you can probably do more with yours. I need to make time. If it's important, you'll make it a priority. If not, you'll fill the time with other things. The word sacrifice, although sacrifice is, is commonplace, people saying sacrifice are necessary for your goals, and I fall into that trap myself of saying those words, but I would call it accommodations. Sacrifices suggest that what I'm giving up is bad, it's detrimental to my life. I'm making a sacrifice of not having chocolate, rather than I'm making accommodations for a better version of myself that's more energetic, that's more confident, and that's happier. If you're often apologising, even when you've not done anything wrong, or you always find yourself people-pleasing, like understanding that you have nothing to apologise for for looking after yourself, and it doesn't matter what other people think of your goal. One of the biggest things I see self-sabotage a lot of people early on is that they expected their friends and their family and their loved ones to be supportive and they're not. You're looking a little bit thin. When are you going to stop this weird diet? I don't understand what's weird about you having a diet that, that allows you to be more energetic, allows you to look better, allows you to feel more confident when Friday night pizza is now the normal. And I'm not demonising that either. I love a pizza, but like... I wouldn't judge that for being normal in the same way that I wouldn't judge someone dieting for being normal. This is your goal, your life. You don't have to answer to anybody. Um, another one is, I want this to be sustainable. Now, don't be wrong. Anyone embarking on a lifestyle change, we want this to be a sustainable result. But the people on day one that want sustainability often don't get there. Because sustainability, like the word try... Is half a foot in, half a foot out. It's I want to be the 70 kilo person, but I don't want to adopt the 70 kilo habits. Understand a 70 kilo person has 70 kilo habits. A 100 kilo person has 100 kilo habits. Look at the people at the body shape you want to be. They're probably the one that have a limit on alcohol. They're probably the one that have good relationships with food and good like portion control. They're probably the ones that don't overdo it. For the most part, we all know the freaks. So... Understanding that, yes, we do want this to be sustainable, but initially we need momentum, we need structure, we need clarity. And that comes from going all in on a process. Building that confidence that you can do this. Getting a baseline structure, which may be more restrictive, but it allows you to go back to the basics, start from scratch, and layer on sustainability. When that diet is ended, we can find ways to keeping these results for life, but often when people say sustainable from day one, they never get there. Things like I hope to needs to change to I intend to. You are in control of your actions. I can't often can change to I can. Now, there's obviously things we can't do. We can't fly. But I have seen people on a leg press set where they, the, the rep speed isn't slowing down. They're just going and going and going and going and going. They've got about 10 reps in the tank. Go, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. This for the people listening to audio, I just tap my head. Your brain will give way before your body does every single time. If you repeat yourself that you can, you will get a little bit further, inside and outside the gym. 
you know, with regards to buying back to sustainable thing, the way that could change was I need to change habits to make a better me. Or I am committed to do what it takes. The last thing I'm going to go into is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. This is something, if you haven't looked at this, this is definitely something worth looking into. And this is the, the six main needs that we have as human beings. And if we feel discomfort in our lives, you can often track it back to one of these things. And a similar way to what I said about the hungry, angry, lonely, or tired analogy, like if one of these things is out of whack, what could you do to sort of sort that issue? That is not something that's going to take you away from your goals. We often medicate via food. And I'm wrong, food's to be enjoyed, food's a part of our social life, food's a part of our culture, and, 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 and it should be. And yes, times where we're dieting aside, we have to make accommodations for that, but the rest of the time, it is to be enjoyed. But can we really enjoy food if it is a plaster on something deeper? If we have the underlying, underlying confidence, underlying happiness sorted out, then food truly becomes something we can enjoy. So I'm going to quickly go through these hierarchy needs. The first one's a need for certainty, for safety, stability, reassurance, comfort, control, order, predictability. Do you find yourself procrastinating when you don't have clarity on your goals? Could you create more clarity? The need for uncertainty, that variation, that surprise, that challenge, that chaos, that adventure that we all want. It's the reason why I moved out here to Hong Kong. How can you create that more in your life and your training, in your lifestyle? Could you do a hobby? Could you do something that is active, that makes this more enjoyable and more engaging? The need for significance, the need for meaning, you know, a sense of importance. Could this be in the social circles? Are they pushing you forward in your goals? Are they giving you something that, that you get back? Or maybe it's time to look at other social circles. I'm not saying ditch your friends and family, but maybe look at maybe spending some time with people that push you to the person that you want to be, rather than trying to keep you with the person that you're not happy with. And this follows on to love and connection. Do you feel connected to people? Can you go out and meet more people? Can you get, you know, can you get, or arrange a date night with your partner? Because people tend to forget that in the line of work. You know, don't forget the people around you if you chose to diet. Don't forget the people around you if you chose to do a job. Arrange the date night with people. Connect with people. You'll be much happier doing that. And need for growth. Understanding where your progress is. Understanding what you can do. Understanding how far you've come. Looking back at how far you've come. And need for contribution. This is where community plays in a role. Can you help other people? And I would often use that older gas mask analogy is put the gas mask on yourself before you put it on to your children. If you truly want to contribute, the first thing you need to do is to be able to look after yourself. If you can look after yourself, you can contribute better to others. So that's just a few tips of how you can build a rock solid mindset. Obviously, this is going to be a topic of many other podcast and this is something that you can delve deep into any of these things but if this has helped you please um, reach out let me know give me some feedback I'd love to hear it um, please share this and tagging me on Instagram at Kingsley Dutton uh, I would love to know who got the most out of this podcast